Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. the day of the week i'm nicholas i am jeremy and i'm justin all right so i it sounds like in a world gone mad we actually have content to talk about this week because i got notes i have some notes for the first time in like uh, 150 episodes justin has notes (laughs) that's that's pretty big yeah so i wanted to contribute a little not a lot a little. a little baby steps. Well, and, and Jeremy, do you have do you have notes? I pulled some notes out of my ass at the All last right. minute. So and it looks like maybe you've got some topics on the wheel of of riffing. Oh well, I mean they are there's some old oh shit, wrong way. <laughs> there's some old Halloween topics from last week, but we could definitely use it again if you guys would like to sometime. I, I have a feeling we won't need the wheel of riffing this week. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot to riff on. Okay. All right. So do we want to start with the elephant in the room? Let's or do we do want it. do we wanna handle some some pop culture business before we we head into the OT territory? Well, what's the elephant in the room? The OT territory. Oh. Well, I mean, me and Pazfesh covered this already, bro. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, we can talk about it. Let's go. Let's dive in. We didn't really get really huge into it. We just we tiptoed around it. Oh well, was it you and and uh, Ryan this week? It was me and Justin Duffick. Wait, he he did two in a row. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) We. I don't know how to tell you. We're just going to turn that into the new one, and you're, you're out. <laughs> the general manager doesn't like you anymore. Well, no, that's not it. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> we're, we're trying to make an extended universe here. People come in and out, well, <laughs> and we play, we um, had a tech boat tournament on Saturday, so Rosie and I couldn't do it Saturday. So okay, um, which reminds me, when we're done, let me we'll talk about this weekend. So. The draft happened, and quite honestly, Justin, you're going to disagree with me, but I could give a good goddamn about the draft. I really don't care. You you have – I mean, look at the percentages. Of the guys who got drafted in the first round, 50% or more are going to be bust. It's just, it's just pure science. So who cares? Like spending all this time getting worked up about, oh, the Packers drafted – an outside linebacker and pick number three and I love it. As a cornerback okay, at 29. At, don't don't bother <laughs> televising the draft. Nobody cares. It was well, nobody should red. Oh. way, way too many people care, and that's the problem. At the end of the draft, just tell me who they picked. Let me look at it and go, okay, well, you know, Gutenkus should be fired. Or okay, he gets to keep his job for a year. And quite honestly. I don't want to even want to talk about the draft in general. I want to talk about all the stuff leading up to the draft. Okay. Oh, like five hours before the draft? Um, how much of it do we believe? One. 
or wait, I guess we should back up because obviously not not all of our listeners are in the state of Wisconsin, and so they don't know what we're. They know. We're, we're they know. It doesn't yeah. matter what state you're in. <laughs> it was pretty big national news. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, there, there's a there's a chance that that some of them are like, wait. So when Aaron when all the reports are coming out that Aaron, you know Aaron Rodgers is demanding a trade, mm-hmm. he's not demanding a trade. He's just demanding that Gutenkust gets fired. Um, he's just you know angry about this, angry about that. Where where is the line that we actually believe? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this over to our resident football expert. All right, Jeremy, take it away. <laughs> well, personally, <laughs> uh, I believe some of it. I would probably say seventy percent. Okay. He's made, he's made comments right off the start when they first hired Gutenkus as the GM about four years ago now. That wasn't his guy. There was someone else Rogers wanted. Right. I so remember he, that. Yeah. So he was already upset four years ago when they hired him. So I assume that there's always been some kind of tension between him and the front office. He didn't want LeFleur. When LeFleur was hired, there was a different guy Rogers wanted. But I know Rogers and LeFleur seem to have a pretty good relationship. Right. It was say Rogers and LeFleur seem to have actually kind of meshed and they're working well together. Yeah, but, but like originally he didn't want Goody as the GM. He didn't want LeFleur as the coach. So I I think there's, the tension's been building for a while. I just think I mean, that I, he didn't want the information to get out. Yeah, some chucklehead. <laughs> yeah. Released it. <laughs> yeah, a chucklehead. We want names. Well, you know what? We should get names, quite honestly. Like this anonymous source thing is garbage because I mean, an anonymous source, I could be like, I'm a Packer insider. And let me tell you, and I don't, how, how can you trust that I actually know anything? I mean, how am I, you know, what if I'm just the towel boy at the, at the, at Lambeau? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I overheard, just, I overheard this while I was picking up dirty jocks <laughs> or, or just three guys running a podcast where two guys are Packer fans and one's a Packer supporter <laughs> making shit up. <laughs> two, two fans um, and a supporter. That could be a podcast. There you go. There's a title. <laughs> two fans um, and a supporter. I will say that quite honestly, after last year's draft and this year's debacle going into the draft, Gutenkust is looking to be every bit as bad and ill-prepared to be the general manager as Ted Thompson was there at the end. Um, because you go back to last year's draft, and I understand, yes, you only have so much time left with Aaron Rodgers, but drafting Jordan Love in the first round was one of the dumbest things that any team that is, is in a potential Super Bowl winning team has ever done. Like it's just it's just fucking stupid. Like you're 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 <laughs> telling is. your wow. you're telling your multiple time MVP quarterback. Like I mean, if you dra- if you really wanted a quarterback that you needed as a backup, mm-hmm. you draft him like third, fourth, down in the seventh. That way you're not to, because the way people view the first round is if if I mean it used to be when you got drafted, it didn't matter if it was first round or fourteenth round back when they used to have that long. Yep. You weren't probably you weren't probably going to see the field in your first year unless it was mop up time. Wow. Like you just weren't. You were you were a clipboard holder clipboard holder for the year. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you get drafted in the first round and you're not starting by the end of, of training camp, people are calling you a bust. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, look at the first three quarters. Like Trevor Lawrence should be sitting behind Gardner Minshew for the next year or two, yeah. getting his feet under the ground. I don't think I'd sit him behind him for a year or two. I'd probably sit him for the first six weeks. Well, but, but Minshew I'm saying, is so like, inconsistent. He's just got that well, sweet, sweet mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the difference between the college game, even when you're playing on an elite program in one of the better conferences like Clemson and ACC or Mac Jones in the SEC, you're not ready for the NFL. You just aren't. Like, the, like I mean, the slowest guy in the NFL is still faster than the fastest guy in college. It's just, you, you know. You can't tell them <laughs> what they can and can't do. Who are you? <laughs> I'm a guy. I'm a guy who's about to turn 43 and has been watching football for most of his life. <laughs> well, so that's, I guess that's pretty good credit credentials. Joe Burrow came out and he looked pretty good too, right out of the gate last year until he got hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, th- there are their occasional play, and and that's obviously, I mean, look at like Andrew Jones with the with the Braves. I mean, that kid stepped up at like age 18, barely old enough to be in the major leagues. And imme- immediately put an impact onto the Braves. Jeremy, I mean, do you know yeah. who that is? Mm. Okay, uh, well, how about how about we go with Ken Griffey Jr.? Okay, wait, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Let's Mike stop Trout. it down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy knows that uh, one. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you you can you know that you know the, for every one. Well, I'm trying to think of any any NBA player. For every one LeBron who made an impact his rookie year out of high school, mm-hmm. there's you know 150 guys who Sebastian, never even made Sebastian Telefairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I mean, more more often than not, you are are just not ready. You need that time on the practice squad in the minor. If you have, if you're lucky enough to be in a league that has a minor league system, you need that time to start acclimating. Because, I mean, when you, when you look at it, and this is not necessarily new information for people, but, I mean, all right, when you're the best little leaguer, you're the best in your town, in your city, and that's a small number, but, I mean, yeah, you're – but now you go to high school, and you're maybe you're the best at that, that high school, but that number is now dropped. Like, I mean, how many kids play Little League in every town? Like, you know – I played Little League, 200? Jeremy. Did you play? No, little I never played little league. <laughs> Nicholas, I actually never played little league. But all right, so I'm the best little leaguer on this podcast. <laughs> I played. <laughs> I played drunk and softball at a grad party. Does that count? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> no, I mean I played. I played a lot of church league softball, but I never. <laughs> but let, let's just say, all right, for for sake of numbers and to make it easy to to understand the the. The system here. Let's say there's a thousand guys, a thousand kids that play little league baseball. Okay, you're the best there. Now you're in high school. Well, now there's there's 700 people playing high school football, and you're the best there. But you're the best at now. You go to college, and you're the best out of you know 500. And then when you get to the NFL, you're now the best out of a hundred. Like you know, like I mean. So as you go up, the number of being the best gets harder and harder and harder and harder. 
Um, I actually was watching an Angels game this weekend, and they they made a uh, big shocker there, right? Watching an Angels <laughs> game, <laughs> but um, they said coming up very soon here, there's going to be the twenty thousandth Major League Baseball player to ever play Major League Baseball. Obviously, nobody knows wow. who it's going to be because you know it depends on who's getting called up when and injuries and. Mm-hmm. But baseball has been around for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. 120 at least 125 all right so there's been 20,000 coming up on 20,000 guys but think about how many guys played college baseball or minor league baseball or high school baseball or little league baseball so to make it from our that drunken point, softball our yeah, drunken at a softball. Fred party give the man his dues so so to make it from that point where like you're the best and and it's not like it's not like you're just competing in the state of wisconsin mm-hmm. you're you know as 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 you move up in the level the talent pool gets larger and larger when you're in high school you're just from people in your area when you get to college you're people pretty much nationwide kind of worldwide but when you get to the big leagues you are worldwide now now once you get to the major leagues you're not dealing with just you know, Mike Trout, who grew up in New Jersey, you're also dealing with Shohei Otani, who grew up in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not you are, you now have to be the best in your city, in your state, in your country, in the world to compete on this level of state. So most of these guys need extra time once they go from level to level mm-hmm. to kind of see that acclimation. And we just don't do that anymore. And I think that's why so many – that's why the, the turnover rate in the NFL is so much bigger maybe than it ever used to be. I don't know. But, I mean, these guys are just getting burned out so much faster because you don't have that ability to hang out and kind of learn the game. Huh. Draft and develop. Mm. Yeah, draft mm. and develop. Oh, you're not ready by game four. You're cut. Get out. Now, this leads us to where Aaron Rodgers stands. Aaron Rodgers knows that his time is limited. He knows that he's on a team that has a chance to win it all. They just need a couple pieces. Now, does Aaron Rodgers get to dictate what happens on the team? He's still, at the end of the day, just a player. And it does come down to, well, unfortunately for Green Bay, there is no ownership. So it comes down to... Uh, the the committee and making com, you know making commitments to winning now. Obviously, when you've come that close that many years in a row, it's much clearer to see what we need to win now. And yeah. Gutenkust clearly has no interest in that. <laughs> he wants to continue the Ted Thompson pattern of draft and develop instead of the you know. All right, go find the impact player, make the trades necessary to push your chips all right. over the table. I mean, he did kind of, he did do some things that Ted Thompson would never do in going out and picking up the Smith brothers. Um, wow. and and you know, he did do some of that kind of stuff. But in drafting Jordan Love, you've made the exact and now I know Gutenkust wasn't there when it happened, but Mark Murphy was. You're making the exact same mistake you made with Brett Favre. Gutenkus was there with Favre. He was uh was he? Yeah, he was a scouting director or something at the time. So he was still okay. part of he was still okay. in the war room. So he was there when they made that mistake, you know, 16 years ago. <laughs> like I get it. Like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if they didn't make that mistake, 
the Packers aren't sitting in the situation where they have back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but you forced Brett Favre out a couple of years early because you yeah, pissed him he, off. He, he also threatened to retire every other season. I go back with that one. Like, how much was it? Because I see it with, with all the sports, but how much is it him actually threatening to retire and how much of it was like, like with Drew Brees? Like, I never heard Drew Brees talk about retirement. I always heard about the talking heads saying, well, Drew Brees is going to retire. Well, Rod, or but he Rod never was, said he would. Oh, Favre, yeah. Favre had like two press conferences saying he's retiring. It was a, it was a lot that, of drama behind that. Yeah, he at least had probably two press conferences where he said he's done, he's retiring. And then a couple, like two, three months later, he's like, no, nah, I got the itch, I'm coming back. Yes. And so and eventually I, the team just went, you're not coming back. We're not playing this game. You're done. Right. And so, but Rodgers isn't doing that. He isn't holding press conferences saying he's not coming back. No, he he's said he wants going to play until he's 40 and he wants to retire. Right. He said he wants. Now, the problem also with NFL over the other sports is, is that contract isn't as good as isn't worth the paper that it's written on. Like, I mean, the Packers could tear up that. The Packers could tear up that contract tomorrow and far, not far. Rodgers is just, that's what I said. <laughs> Rogers is just shit out of luck. So I understand the trying to get the more guaranteed money. Um, but I mean, here he is going, guys, look how close we are to the Super Bowl. Look how close without a good defense. We got to the Super Bowl last year. Let's go out and get a couple of defensive players. Let's draft some defense. And the first draft pick you make is Jordan Love. Yep. Come and on. They, and they traded up for him. Right. Yeah. And they traded up for him, which is that not like just saying, yep, this is what we want. Like, you know, this go, go ahead, pack your bags, Rogers, because you're out of here. You know, basically, I mean, it sounded like they were telling Rogers, like, you got a year and then you're done. <laughs> Now, yeah, so honestly, the, be- the best move the Packers could have done going into this year's draft would have been drafting Jordan, not drafting, uh, trading Jordan Love um, and, you know, picking up some defensive players or, or picking up a wide receiver like, uh, I don't know, Odell Beckham, who's apparently available for trade if the number if the numbers were right. Cleveland's <laughs> not going to take Jordan Love for Beckham. Well, that is true. They don't they're, need they're sold on Baker. Yeah, they don't need a quarterback. But I'm just saying, like they're I mean, granted, you didn't think that the Texans would have uh, traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of footballs, but they did. So uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien's a dope. Yeah, that so, franchise I mean, has a pack- whole other list of problems now. <laughs> but it, it does sound like both the Packers and Rodgers are kind of backed off their like we're never going to talk to each other again um, stance. I yeah. do wonder if Gutenkust is going to get fired by the end of the you know next week and, and just as the sacrifice to keep Rodgers happy. I don't think he will. I assume that Rodgers' contract will be massively rewor- reworked with more guaranteed years. Well, they already talked um, to him about signing an extension, and he's like, nope. So he, he doesn't want an extension. He doesn't want to restructure. It just sounds like he I, doesn't want to be there. Uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, 
Because Rodgers has the Packers over a barrel right now. I mean, you know, you, you're in a situation where, you know, you Rodgers is like, because he could just say, I'm done. And like, you know, I'm not going to come back, but then show up like in training camp and be like, you can sit me and I'll do nothing, but I'll, I'll put my uniform on every week and you've got to pay me all this money. You can cut me at which point, like I'll go free agent to whoever. And, you know, you also have to pay me a shit ton of money. And if I'm Rogers in that situation, I'm walking down to Chicago and going five bucks. Chicago <laughs> The Packers <laughs> just paid me everything. I want revenge. Let's do this. <laughs> no, they just drafted a quarterback in the first round. They got their guy. Yeah, they're sad. Yeah, but wouldn't oh. you wouldn't you cut that guy in a heartbeat if no. Rogers shows up? No, because he's a really young rookie. I don't think you'd want to cut him. Maybe get rid of uh, Dalton. Yeah, uh, I mean, like every thing. every quarterback who's not the guy we just drafted, you've been cut, right? That was the thing me and Jeremy talked about a little after the podcast that uh, like the Bears traded up to draft Justin Fields, the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. and. And they talked to Andy Dalton before they did it, saying, this is the route they're well, going to go. Well, they were talking about um, the same thing with Tom Brady, because the, the Buccaneers drafted a quarterback either this year or last year. This year, like the third, second or third round. And they said that not only – I mean, like they said it was Bruce Arians' pick. Like that was the guy he wanted. Tom Brady knew well in advance – that that was what was going to happen, and that's what the Buccaneers wanted to do. And I think that also, at the end of the day, is the biggest difference between how stupid the Packers are and how how you know not how, to well, I mean, de- I, not to defend Brady because we don't do that on this podcast. Well, this but is the, does does that also say how Brady is more secure with himself as a player? Yeah, you can draft this guy. I don't care. I'm still going to be better than him. I'm not going to throw a tantrum. I'm glad someone else I don't necessarily that. even think that, that Rodgers threw a tantrum over the fact that they drafted Jordan Love. I think it's the fact that they found that Rodgers found out they drafted Jordan Love the same way you and I found out they drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that didn't help the situation any. You know, I mean, maybe if like the day before they'd been like, hey, Rodgers, we got this deal in the work. We we really think this is the guy. Um you know, he's the, you know, we think he's the future of the franchise. We know you're here for another couple of years, uh, but we think you can put him under the wing. And in three or four years, when, because you said you want to retire, this guy will be good to go and ready to, ready to have at it. So, I mean, I, I mean, I know as much as I, I wanted to blame Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson on everything that went wrong with the Packers the last few years before Gutenkust and, and the uh, floor took over, I, how much of this is Mark Murphy just being terrible at his job? Uh, I don't think a lot of it is him being terrible. I think he's just being absent, which could make him terrible. But he's just kind of like, you guys just run the team. Because then he now, isn't he the one who built those pillars? Like they talked about with uh, Mike McCarthy. What? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, the whole thing with those like pillars and the structure. So everyone's in charge of their own certain things probably Which, you know it's basically a way of being like just leave me alone 
<laughs> nice. I also I like wonder that. if I could relate. I also <laughs> wonder if the Packers had a real ownership, not just like the fans owned it or like a committee that was, you know, some sort of shadow committee that sort of owned or made all these decisions. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys and he is responsible for all the decisions they make. He might make, he makes a lot of wrong decisions, but at least there's one guy to blame where the Packers are like, well, you know, who do we blame? Do we blame Mark Murphy? Do we blame Gutenkus? Do we blame LaFleur? Do we blame, you know, there's nobody, there's no real, like, I mean, who fires Murphy? Oh, that has to be voted on by the committee. All right. They're, how voted, do you, they're voted into that position. All right. So how do you get on the committee? How do the fans I, go? I have no idea. How do the fans get rid of somebody, you know, that, you know, because, I mean, you, you have to go, all right, well, yes. Now, and this is also like, I'm sure like if you are the Miami Dolphins, you're sitting around going, you guys are complaining about winning we we finally had a winning season. Wait, did they have a winning season? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you guys went thirteen and three two years in a row. You made the NFC Championship game three years in a row. Oh, oh, that's what you guys are complaining about. Look how how long it's been since we've even been to the playoffs. Oh, like the, alone, like the Browns finally yeah. snapped that long drought. Right. That's that's what you guys are complaining about, but yeah, I just I wonder, you know, I wonder if there was just a, if there was a one guy or, or you know one like a one centralized group, not just a committee that was voted on by who knows how, that was actually responsible for everything. If if the Packers aren't in the situation that they're in, I just it's gonna be weird if. The Packers actually trade him to the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders, Broncos, and nine. Well, not the Niners anymore since they got Trey Lance. I I heard the Niners offered Garoppolo like multiple first round picks, late round picks, and like two defensive players. Jeez. And the Packers were like, "No, we're we're good." Yeah, one of them was the one of them was the third overall pick this year's draft. Wow. Which then, even if they didn't like Love, they could have drafted a quarterback with that pick. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's just, it just seems like the Packers are 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 just a mess right now, and they don't have any intention of putting a, a good product on the field next year. I mean, you would think after a couple of thirteen and three seasons, you would be like, okay, what what is the missing piece? Okay, well, they went out and they, I mean, they drafted a corner with the first pick, so you know, you move Kevin King over to to safety or or move him somewhere. Uh, King, get his King'll, ass off the team. He'll he'll still be the starting outside. I think Stokes will be uh, the slot at least for the first couple games before, so he can get into the, the groove of things. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you clearly know, like, you can look and drafting, you know, a wide receiver in the third round who's who's got some really good hands and good speed, like, Okay, go out and pick a couple other players and, and go say, let's make a run at this. Let's just let's burn all the money in the world to make sure that we are the team standing at the end of the season with the Super Bowl trophy. Because <laughs> then we can just be like, 
Bye, Rogers. You know, have fun hosting Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I really think like like last year, I mean, Breeze ended up retiring, but like you're looking at the guys at the end of the season going, if Rivers wins, if Breeze wins, if Rucklesberger wins, it, you know, possibly even if Rogers wins, like any of those guys are just like, all right, I want it. I'm out. I'm done. I mean, Breeze also looked at it and went, I physically can't do this anymore. <laughs> so he's done, and so did Rivers. But, I mean, I wonder about Roethlisberger. Like, how long is he going to hold on to this think, idea that he can get a third ring? I think this will be his last year. I think he'll – I don't even know if he'll make it through the whole season the way he gets hurt so consistently now. Anyway, so – all right, now that I've hijacked the OT segment. <laughs> what do you think? Trade them? Keep them? Fire Goody? Fire Goody. I think, Fire it, would Goody all, I think it would all depend on what you could get for them. If you can get a I, lot back. I don't know if it. you can get I don't know if you can get back enough. Because at this point, like I was saying, like the, the Packers are really over a barrel right now with Rodgers because if you're another NFL team, you're not going to offer the world to get him because you know, like, there's not a lot of reason that to give uh, a lot of stuff up for Rodgers because, you know, if he shows up, you got to pay him. And if he's not going to, you know, play, like, all he has to do is show up and, and, and they have to pay him. And then, you know, if, if he's just causing problems, they either have to cut him or trade him. At which point they're like, "Well, we got to trade him. We got to get rid of him. Uh, you, you get not you get nothing in return." Yeah, but he's. I think he's too competitive. Too competitive, and he actually cares a lot about his legacy to just be like, "Well, well yeah, I'm just going to show that up is and true. sit here." And I think that's why he. That's I think that's why he's so angry about this oh. is that he wants that he wants that second ring so badly because he wants to have one more than Favre. Like, I don't. I don't even think he cares that like he's not gonna have seven like Brady or, you know, two like Peyton or something like that. I think he just wants one more than Favre. Is that what we all want? One more than Favre. One more than Favre. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> What is this? Overtime with Justin? Uh, someone wake up, Jeremy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough of that. Let's go on to Justin's notes. Yeah, Justin, what did you bring us today? All right. Well, I uh, I watched some trailers, which I don't know if you've seen. I should have probably gave Jeremy the heads up. What are you doing? <laughs> so I watched a bunch of trailers when I got home. Uh, just to see what new is coming out. Uh, I watched the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Nice. I don't know if you've seen okay. that one. This is the first time I've seen it. The one that uh, they released last year when they thought they were going to release it. Last year? I think I it's know. the only one that's out still. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one then. So I watched that one. Uh, Without Remorse, that one I watched. That's uh, the Amazon. That. It's an Amazon original. Oh yeah, I almost watched that movie this weekend with uh, goddamn her. 
with Michael B. Jordan. Hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly what Wrath of Man was about. That's a Jason Statham one. Isn't that like a revenge movie? I think yeah. so. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know anything with Jason Statham, my man. I just realized I keep getting more and more in the dark. <laughs> uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. That's what it's called. That's another one coming out. <laughs> that's a that's, mouthful. That's the sequel to Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, okay. Looks that, pretty good. Is that I like didn't... a children's movie? Or no, that's the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know think... what? Somehow I've never seen the Hitman's Bodyguard. Me neither. But I've seen a trailer for the sequel, and that looks really good. Sweet. And then Free Guy, that other Ryan Reynolds one. Yes, I was excited mm-hmm. to see that last year. So I'm, I'm really excited yeah. to see that, that that's finally going to come out. I mean, that's all I really watch for some trailers. Uh, I'm going to watch a bunch of the trailers for the upcoming horror films, too, in the next couple of days to see what's coming out. Because I know they have, like, Terrifier. This, I don't know if it's called Terrifier 2. Hmm. Um, separations coming out Spiral which is part of the Jigsaw stuff I saw the trailer for that one didn't they have a, a teaser out on that already yeah I just didn't watch the ones I was going to start watching the horror trailers oh, to get okay. ready for the Halloween stuff coming up gotcha. did either of you watch the Shang-Chi trailer mm. oh. what <laughs> who's that what? Yeah. <laughs> the next Marvel movie I, well, not the I, next Marvel I prefer movie, Chen's Black Kitchen Widow. <laughs> um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, this I believe, is, is what dark. it's called. Yeah, I haven't seen a trailer for that, but I don't know anything about it. So sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a Marvel movie, so what else do you need to know? Yeah, I mean, I'm in. But I mean, it's a, it's a straight. Up, it looks like it's a straight up kung fu, like martial arts film. Awesome. And done just Marvel style. And I mean. You remember in uh, Iron Man 3 that mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley was the fake Mandarin? Yeah. We're going to get the real Mandarin now. Oh. So that's I, cool. I'm, I'm assuming that that's how it'll tie into the Marvel Universe. They'll explain why there was a fake Mandarin and what's going on there. But watch the trailer, man. It looks pretty badass. All right. Cool. Put it on my list here. I almost posted it on our page when it came out. Like, last week or the week after that would be a way to get us to watch it yeah i might have actually seen it then yeah (laughs) that's where i get all my entertainment news from all right that's why i'm so ill-informed yeah because it's not posted on the uh facebook page and then the only the only other thing i watched that i was going to bring up that's kind of pop culture related it's a new fox show called let's be real oh you thought of it no, I Googled it. Oh. <laughs> it's a new Fox show. It's Let's Be Real. It's basically kind of has that Cranky Anchors feel. Yeah. Where they do the stuff with puppets and they do a lot of political stuff. I was, just, yeah. Go on. Well, I was just going to say I was shocked with how much they were able to get away with. Like, yeah. It's... Like they, they do stuff with like what? Uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Biden. Yeah, a lot of political figures. Uh, Ted Cruz is in one of the sketches. Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos. That was my favorite sketch. Yeah. 
So yeah, one of Andrew those. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Oh my God, that one especially <laughs> out of out of all of them, like the fact that they were able to write that one and get away with that was pretty funny. It's refreshing. Yeah. I I think it's. I don't know what they're gonna be able to do though because I feel like they blew their load in the first episode. Like they just did so much already. But looking it up on like IMDb, it's got a four and a half stars out of ten. Does you know? Does anyone have? Has anyone um, on that show worked on anything significant? Like I feel like there's like some really good writers involved in this. Well, when I type in series cast, the first person that comes up is Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, so he might be playing himself. Jimmy Kimmel, Stormy Daniels. Oh, so that makes sense. Oh, uh, Mark McGrath, Larry King. So who knows where this is gonna go? What's the name of this fucking show? I forgot already. Looks like, <laughs> Let's be real. It looks like Robert Smigel is somehow like the producer creator of this show. Okay, that makes sense. Presidential candidate Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Kanye West are ruthlessly scared by Robert Smigel's puppets. This is a... Wasn't there a British show that did something like this too? Or is that the name of the British show? Let's be real. I don't know, but... I mean, they make fun of the Mandalorian in there with their cancel culture and Dr. Fauci's in there. Yeah, it was very clever. I I think I just disappear. <laughs> so it's something I would recommend you watch, Nicholas. Okay. I mean I will add it to the list. Me and Jeremy watched it. I showed it to him. I watched that Nickelodeon documentary that you recommended. Yeah, is it good? It was fucking awesome. Oh my god. So they 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 break down each different category of shows during the that that peak 90s they had where it was like they do cartoons the live action and they talk about game shows and they managed to get interviews with a lot of old cast members of those shows it was it was really interesting i got all choked up at the end which (laughs) network was that on which streaming service not hulu yeah and they talk a lot about Nickelodeon Studios back in its heyday when you could go in there and like watch them making the shows. And did you guys ever have a chance to do anything like that? Did you ever go there? I didn't leave the state of Wisconsin until, oh, yeah. until I was in my 20s. <laughs> I forgot about that. My late 20s. Well, except for if you're running County, Illinois, but no one ever wants that to. That doesn't count. count. Did you ever um, go to Nickelodeon Studios, Nicholas? No, Nicholas Studios. I went to like in in the eighties. I went to Disney World and Disneyland. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Nickelodeon existed Hmm. when either one of those. When I went to either one of those, I mean, I think it did, but maybe not the level. Um, because I think the night it was the nineties when. They were doing you can't do that and or you can't say that or whatever though. Yeah. Like the slimes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't, I mean, maybe even the nineties was, was it must have been in the eighties when they were doing double dare because I was living in Memphis at the time and we left Memphis in ninety one, ninety two. So hmm. I mean the late eighties, yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. I mean, there there would have been that. I would have been wanting to do stuff like that, but no. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Memphis, they don't exactly have a 
bustling entertainment industry in Memphis when it comes to TV. Right. I mean, now, if I was a blues musician, I'd have been set. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it definitely seemed like a cool experience. I, I actually did. I was I went there when I was really, really young, like too young to remember. But there's photos of like me and my relatives and my family. And I think one of my cousins got slimed because they used to do like audience participation stuff when you would take the tour and hmm. so they'd have the kids like sit down and just like slime them i think that was it <laughs> that was the height of the entertainment but so there's definitely mm -hmm. photo proof but i don't remember any single part of it <laughs> the the closest thing that i remember was when in the 80s when we went to disneyland we also did universal studios mm-hmm and when we were doing like the tour of the stage shows, mm -hmm. my dad got picked to be like, they put the fake like Klingon stuff on him and he got to go on stage and pretend to be a Klingon oh, sweet. Of the stage show. That's cool. But that was not like, that was just like, you know, like how they pick like a bunch of people out of the, yeah. out of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to sit in the man, in the DeLorean mm. That's cool. And that was that was, but you know, that was no like TV stuff. Yeah, Universal's badass. I like Universal. I, I'd like to get back there someday. They've they've really added a lot to it. I I remember we went to Universal in California about like almost ten, well, probably more than ten years ago now, and we went on the Simpsons ride, and we we went on the Mummy, yep. and all the yeah, that was so much cool. There's so many cool things over there. It's just yeah because they they got all that stuff down at the one in florida too so yeah that's cool it's really... so right around 12 years ago was the last time i went down there mm. or well, was in at the universal you know yeah because i had just started dating jess and i was talking to my friend brad him and i went to universal studios and i remember i remember that trip very well because i was like brad i think this is the one mm. <laughs> nice let's go on the simpsons ride <laughs> <laughs> this is the one ride i want to go yeah on. <laughs> this is the ride right here <laughs> the ride of the rest of my life <sighs> but um i looked up when you guys talked about that uh puppet show that reminded me and i think let's you were be thinking real <laughs> so uh that let's be real as soon as i saw the picture and then you described it it immediately reminded me of an 80s puppet show where they did political cartoon or political commentary hmm. called Spitting Image. Okay. Where they had like, I guess it was a Brit, and I think that's what you were talking about. Maybe, that's the yeah. It was British, yeah. but they aired it in America because I remember them having like Reagan puppets and, hmm. and, and stuff like that. I don't remember it very well. I if I was allowed to watch it, um, I probably didn't get a lot of it. Cause I don't, you know, I would have been like eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's it, hot in here. <laughs> yeah. Same here. It might be on Amazon prime spinning image. It says it ran for 10 seasons. Wow. That's a good run. Yeah. I don't think it ran all 10 seasons here in America. I think America only ran a couple of the seasons. Hmm. Included with BritBox on Amazon for six ninety nine a month. I'm surprised you don't have a subscription to that. 
You love British. I am too. I do. I was like, wait, which which ones of us? Oh, both of you guys actually. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, look at here. Let's be real. Okay. Check it out. Watch it. Enjoy it. Add it to my stuff. Got it. It's added. (laughs) Yeah, I I just turned it on because I seen the cover, little cover art. And I was working on laundry and I was like, all right, let's see what this is. Puppets. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's good. I'd have to, I'd have to watch it again. I'll watch it a third time. So Jeremy, you got some notes. Uh, yeah. I watched the orange years. That was, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he, he talked about it. That was it. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, let me see what else I wrote down the orange years and puppet. <laughs> Oh, okay. Puppet. All right. Let's be real. Puppet. Let's be real. Um, I did. I thought I had one more. Oh, I was going to bring a hero of the week, but, you know, it's been a long weekend. My hero is me for making it all the way through. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys said we were going to stay positive. Yeah. So I, I did not. I did not choose a douche of the week. Um, and I tried, I tried to keep my stories on the positive side. <laughs> so my, my notes, I've got, uh, George Romero apparently wrote a script for what is going to be his last zombie, or but possibly his last zombie movie or the end of the, of the dead franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, called twilight of the dead. His wife has it. I guess she said it's a mostly, if not complete script. And she's currently shopping for the right director and producer to finish off the series. Cool. I guess, I guess it's going to ignore um, the last two of the, the the dead series they did and go right back to Land of the Dead, that one with John Leguizamo. Okay. Okay. So like it's gonna it's gonna be. So you've got Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and then Land of the Dead. Okay. Because I think oh. I can't remember if Romero directed that or he was a big part of it. And then they did like Island of the Dead and some other of the dead. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he there was like Diary? Kind of... Diary of the Dead. That's what it is. Okay. Diary of the Dead and like Island of the Dead. Diary was interesting. Because that was the like found it was footage-ish one. Yeah, because it was the one that like supposedly was happening at the exact same time as the original night of the living dead oh yeah yeah <laughs> like it, it's so like it's supposed to be happening at the exact same time but it's so modern like it's just it's <laughs> yeah. it's like uh yeah <laughs> um, and then island of the dead just wasn't very good <laughs> mm. but i guess he's i guess they're going to ignore those two and do twilight of the dead and That's then i cool. guess at, at the same time she also dropped that he apparently never stopped writing even when he wasn't doing anything. So she said that he's got uh, 40 to 50 un- unproduced screenplays manuscripts. Wow. So we could be getting George Romero written movies for a long time. Now I do wonder how many of them are like worth it and how much of it was just like an idea that he had that he wrote on a sticky note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of them are like actual finished screenplays? Um, <laughs> just instead of just ideas. Yeah. 
That's kind of interesting. The, ra- the ramblings that he just towards the end, he's just <laughs> rambling on. Yeah. Oh, we can't do anything with this. So I guess I guess we can make her the hero of the week for keeping George Romero's legacy going on. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, also, Tim Burton apparently is going to be doing an Adams Family show for Netflix. Oh. All right. Um, Live action. Yes, live action. I'm hoping. Who who is Johnny Depp going to play? <laughs> yeah, uh, probably Gomez. Um, <laughs> I'm ho- hoping it's more of like a sitcom and not like an hour drama where they like yeah completely get away from what the like they try to do like what they did with the original Adams Family, you know, just be a ridiculous sitcom where like you have this weird family existing in a normal world and they just don't get that everybody thinks they're super strange yeah like, i mean that's and that's what that's what made the first movie definitely work the second one was okay but like that's what made that movie work is like here they are in the middle of like everything else is normal around them but they're yeah. just this super bizarre family and i i'm afraid that like tim burton will lean too much into the weird yeah and, and try to make uh, everything weird did i hope I tell, not did i tell you my little adams family thing that happened to me at work Mm-mm. i was one of the days where i had to be one of those people who stands at the door with the masks mm. and i'm pushing up all the carts and this older gentleman stops me and he goes oh have you ever seen the adams family I'm like yeah of course he's like oh you have this whole cousin it thing going on <laughs> and i was like thanks yeah and then he just left that's nice yeah that's nice of him i was like yeah, it's not wrong <laughs> but i i guess also the current rumor that's floating around is that tim burton is actively talking to christina ricci oh that's cool to get her to get her to be morticia oh nice i watch that so, you know, I, I, you know, I just thought that was a little, little interesting tidbit. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to, I wouldn't mind seeing that for sure. Like you said, though, he's got to do it the right way. Right. You know, I, you know, I hope it's more of the, like, you know, I just, I don't even know if it works as an hour episode. Like, I think it needs to be the half hour, hopefully yeah, half hour, maybe 40 not minutes. With, Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully not with a laugh track, but you know, yeah, like you know, do it, you know, do it single cam, kind of like scrub style, not the multi cam like with an audience. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, make it into like a a documentary series or something. Like they invite someone into their house. Uh, they did that. That was called the monsters, <laughs> and and that person, that person is the camera. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that person. Um, you never see that person's I mean, face, right? They are, they are like, the camera. Yeah, it's like you're doing it because it'll be all shot have, from the camera, right? Have either one of you watched what we do in the shadows yet? I haven't seen it yet. No. Tried, got bored, gave up. The movie or the show? Show. Oh. You got bored by that? That show is fucking amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, the first episode. Like, I don't have the attention span. I was watching it. 
The first episode was rough. I don't think you ever finished it. <laughs> not enough it, puppets. It, yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. There's not a lot of puppets. Um, <laughs> there are some, but not a oh. lot. <laughs> well, let me know what episodes have puppets, and I'll just watch those. <laughs> uh, all of them. You just have to be pay attention. The back, they're they're in the background, little <laughs> little hidden puppets. Actually, in season, what season are they on now? Two or three? Whatever season they just had, there was actually a puppet. Nice, oh, nice. <laughs> Did you see yes. Happy Time Murder? Speaking of puppets. Uh-uh. No, I wanted to. I just hadn't got around to it. That's that's a decent one too. It looks funny. I, just... I, I want to say it's on one of the streaming things. They just added it. Hmm. Right on. Um, I do have one other thing on my my list. Oh, is it about puppets? I, I just don't. It's not about puppets. Um, but I don't know if we want to hold that on till next week or or. If we got time to go and and go a little bit further, Justin, Happy Time Murders is on Netflix. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Okay, fire away. So, the Oscars happened last week. Oh no! Well, that's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did happen last week. We're not really going to talk about the Oscars, but we're going to talk about the Oscars. It's... How accurate were we? Are we talking about Oscars the Grouch? Oscars um, the Grouch. <laughs> with some of like the technical awards, we were dead on. And yeah. like I told you, with uh, Soul winning, uh-huh. like you know, lock all the money. Yeah, that that one. Like, yeah, that was- I told you to fa- cash out your four hundred one k. Yeah, uh, and uh, we were we were dead on with with Chloe Zhao and Nomadland. Ah, uh, yeah, both of them. Uh, we got, I think we got all the actor awards wrong. Because I don't remember who we picked, but I know we didn't pick Anthony Hopkins. Mm. No, I know, I know we didn't pick Francis McDormand. Nope. I know we didn't pick. Well, we might. Did we pick Daniel Kuleo, or did we pick somebody? The guy from Get Out that won for Judas and the Black Messiah. I I don't I know I didn't pick him, but okay. And then I don't remember who won for. Oh, the best supporting actress was the uh, was the old lady, and we did not pick her. The old lady. So yeah, no, we got the four acting awards wrong, <laughs> but we got a lot of the other ones right. <laughs> well, that's good. At least we didn't get completely wrong. <laughs> um, but I don't. That, that's not even the part that we're going to talk about. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would like to spend some time on is the fact that the Oscars had the all-time lowest ratings that they've ever had. Yeah. So they had a 50% 50-plus percent drop-off from last year. They had less than 10 million people watching the Oscars this year. Where in 2014, it was like one of the highest years ever. It was 43.7. Wow. So in not even 10 years, that shows con from 43.7 and 9.8. Now, I do get that like this year, like all like ratings across the board on everything are kind of down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I don't think they were very far down on the Super Bowl. 
Um, I think they were down a little bit. Um, every award show has seen a massive drop in ratings. Um, there's a couple things that it could be. For the second year in a row, the Oscars decided not to have a host, mm. um, which I think is a bad idea because it doesn't like drum up the, oh, I want to see what Billy Crystal is going to say or, oh, you know, they've got Ricky Gervais and he's going to say yeah. something, you know, so like there's no well, host. So there's not a how does that work then? Like they just they have a disembodied voice telling you that Brad Pitt's coming out and uh-uh. then Brad Pitt comes out and says, here are the nominees for and just, you know, there's so there's maybe a couple sketches Okay. Like Regina King came out and gave an on, uh, opening monologue. Okay. But like she wasn't the host. She was, you know, she didn't show up at all for the rest of it. Gotcha. Um, I think it's too easy to say, well, it's the pandemic. That's why there's no ratings. Um, you know, they, you know, people just didn't watch movies or they don't want to watch the Oscars because they're dealing with the pandemic. It's like, I don't, I mean, you're kind of still have a trapped audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know yeah, people aren't sure. people aren't as people aren't as trapped this year as they were last year but last year the ratings were let's see if it's less than 10 million this year so they were barely above 20 million last year that's mm-hmm. still 50 percent down 50 percent down from you know five years before that six years before that well i mean so you're talking um, no host is part of it. Pandemic is too easy to say. That's don't, why. Don't you think some of it could be the moving of the of the months too? Because didn't it used to be in February? Um, yeah, because um, well, the Oscar nominations used to come out like the week after the Super Bowl, and then like the first week of March. Yeah, was okay. The, was the Oscars? So moving it back far enough where it's dealing with the end of the season of basketball, the end of the season of hockey, the beginning of baseball, uh, that hurts it. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, the people have a lot more to do Yeah, when they were putting, you know, when it used to be on, like there was right in that sweet spot of we had nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was perfect. And usually the weather was a lot shittier too. So you're just like, I'm going to stay here. Um, watch this. I think, I think the the other argument that people are going to try to make uh, is the bad move, bad or wrong movies were nominated um, this year. I don't think you have that op- um, option of saying that. Well, one, I well, you can say the wrong movies were nominated because, but this year people because the argument every year is well, you nominated a bunch of movies that nobody got to see because. They only came out in New York or L.A. or there were only art house movies that nobody wanted to watch. Yeah. But look at the ratings of back, you know, of over the years. And every year the argument is, well, you guys nominated five or nine movies where only one was one that people wanted to see. And then, you know, eight movies. But people still turn tuned in to see the Oscars. You know, it's like the Super Bowl. Like how many people only watch the Super you know the only football game they watch every year is the Super Bowl there's a lot of people who do that same thing with the Oscars they just they want to tune in and see the for whatever reason they want to tune in and see the Oscars mm-hmm. so I don't I've been hearing the well the wrong movies get nominated or, or people can't see these movies um I've been hearing that argument for decades so that that argument for me doesn't hold water especially this year 
since pretty much every movie that got nominated was on a streaming service well before the Oscars either nominated them or like they were already there when they got nominated. So people could have, people had the chance to, to hunt them down and, and, and watch these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We couldn't even be bothered to do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, we're well, like, that's all where, right, let's watch this. I don't want to. That's where I think you get the, the wrong movies get nominated argument. Whereas, you know, they, the, you know, the type of movies that get nominated for the Oscars are movies that people just don't care about. Like they're just yeah. like, you know, I want to watch a movie. I want to watch army of the dead. I don't want to watch a movie where for two hours I get preached at for, for, you know, how wrong my political beliefs are. Yeah. There haven't been the too to, many movies that I've gone and like, Oh, I have to hunt this down and find it. You know, now every so often with a zombie movie, we do get to slip in a political argument and, kind of show you some things but you know every so often you know we get to you know hide a, a message in a movie here and there but you know for the most part i don't want to watch a movie where i get hit over the head for two hours about how horrible i am yeah well no one needs to tell me how horrible i am i know <laughs> yeah i think the <laughs> biggest reason why all the award show uh 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 Here numbers are down yeah and the oscar numbers are down yeah it's political fatigue oh boy here we go <laughs> i think it i think it's people are so tired of having the super rich get on stage get an award and then proceed to, for the next minute and a half tell us how wrong everything that we think is yeah and and I think that the the awards. I mean, back when the when the you know the the I won you know the acceptance speech was you like me you really like me with Sally Fields or, <laughs> yeah. or you know so you know what's his name for uh, Life is Beautiful Roberto Benigni like uh-huh. jumping over the chairs and like acting like a crazy man yeah like the, those days are gone now it's you get up and you have to have this serious and this is why we need to blah, 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 blah. you know you, there's no fun how, anymore there's how no... are we sure that people were doing that if we didn't watch it <laughs> oh well, because yeah. some, well oh. that's what youtube is for um, <laughs> okay i can so, watch it the day after okay okay all right um, so you've seen that I did, happen i did watch a few minutes of the oscars okay um but I just, I, unlike years past where I made it like appointment TV, like I was like, I'm going to watch it from beginning to end or at mm-hmm. least as far until I have to go to bed as possible. Mm-hmm. Like this year, like I was just like, I'm going to record a podcast and then watch it for a couple minutes and then go to bed. Like I didn't yeah. even care. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't. We're tired of like, chuckleheads you know, telling yeah. us what they believe. <laughs> Damn chuckleheads. <laughs> That and if you go back to if you go back and listen to what we predicted for the winners, uh huh, the Asian woman won, the uh, black man won. I think is that what happened? (laughs) Uh, well, that's what happened for the supporting actors. It didn't happen for the um, main act, like the the regular. I know regular is not the right word. The 
<laughs> lead actor <laughs> lead actor lead actor. yeah yeah welcome, lead actor yeah. <laughs> um coming through again <laughs> i think there was Clutch. there was a fair amount of people who looked at it and went we already knew who's gonna win this we don't care <laughs> like clearly there is an agenda this year yeah and it's just eh. so we i mean i think as i say we need to go back to some of our older episodes with the oscars See what kind of energy you brought to those. <laughs> Probably see, a lot lots more. Of... <laughs> see how much we I, talked about it back then. A lot. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that next year they they pick a host, um, and you know pick Ricky Ricky Gervais or bring back you know actually give Kevin Hart the chance that he lost two years ago. You know, Bill, kinda, you know, my my vote goes to Bill Burr. That'd be awesome. Give it to give it to Bill Burr. Give it to do bring back Seth MacFarlane. You know, <laughs> give it to somebody somebody who's gonna piss people off. Because Let OJ that's that's where you'll get a little shot. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it because then not only will you get ratings, but you'll get people. People people talked about the Oscars the day after. And then that was it. Yeah. Like they didn't talk about, there's not people talking about the Oscars for, you know, weeks on end after it's like, Oh man, did you, you see that, you know, that acceptance speech or who let's talk about our, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Seth MacFarlane made a, <laughs> you know, back when Seth MacFarlane sung that song about, we saw your boobs and yeah. that thing, the, the thing, the thing you did, we saw your boobs, you know, and people talked about that for, they still talk about that. Yeah. Nobody's going to talk about anything people from this Oscars. Like, story. Boobs. boobs. Well, there's that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we need more boobs in the Oscars. <laughs> oh. But for this year's Oscars, the only thing titty. that anybody's going to talk about, you know, five years from now is the fact that it happened. Mm-hmm. They're not going to talk about. They're going to be like, wait, what movie won that year? What was? What was? There? There, you know, there's not going to be any of that. Oh man, that's the year that. You know, yeah, they just made them too sterile. Like there is yes. nothing to talk about, except they. There is. I don't necessarily there. agree with the the go woke get broke statement mm-hmm. that a lot of people were saying, mm-hmm. but it's in the right direction. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see that. I mean, yeah, but there was one thing: the musical performance. Didn't they do an actual uh, musical? Perf- performance of that eurovision song now this was another thing that i think also cost the oscars uh viewing uh they and i didn't know this until like right like the day or so before definitely uh not when we were recording they had apparently announced Mm -hmm. that they were not going to do any of the musical performances live oh okay so you know (laughs) another thing that like People were like, because a few years ago when the Muppet song won the Oscar, yeah, when um, <laughs> that guy from Flight of the Concords uh, won the Oscar for for that that Jason Segel Muppet movie, yeah, yeah, they had made the decision that they weren't going to do musical numbers that year, and everybody lost their shit. Oh my god, how dare you! And so the Oscars were like, in the, the next year, like. The musical numbers were front and center. They were like, bam, here it is. And they were shoving it down in their throat. 
this year because they were like, oh, well, because we're doing it smaller and more intimate and we have all these COVID restrictions, yeah, uh, we're not going to have the musical numbers. And uh, people were like, oh, really? Well, what else is on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> Really, so it seems really in the, shit the bed. recently the <laughs> it seems in the years recently where people really want to see the musical numbers because yeah. it would have been awesome to see yeah. Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams perform at the Oscars. Yeah, uh, they were like, "No, we're good. We're not gonna." That's that's ah. unbelievable. <laughs> we're not gonna have those. This that's 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 really dumb. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for my notes. Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, the wrap it up signal over here. <laughs> well, I'm spent because it's about 800 degrees in this room. So. Oh, yeah, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> okay, well, Oscars, it's time to remember that stupid never walks alone. Booyah. And we're out.